Welcome back to another episode of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. As we always say, please know that this will be the one place where you can always ask the tough questions about God, Messiah, and the spiritual issues of life. We might not always know the answer, but we will explore it together until we discover the truth. Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries has been quiet for a few weeks, as I, as I have been recovering from both the stomach flu and a bad sinus infection, I will not describe to you what my life has been like with the porcelain goddess and the contents of my Kleenex. Don't worry, it was not pleasant. I am just grateful to be back, and why not come back with a bang and a controversial topic this Christmas Eve when was Jesus really born? Let's get started. And I know that this is an unusual topic to discuss on Christmas Eve, but there is often a great controversy about this topic as to when, where, how, and even, believe it or not, if Jesus was born. However, and because of people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, by the way, has other things to worry about this year. But a few years ago, he dedicated his Twitter post to some specious and condescending post about Jesus. And this year, Father Dwight Longenecker, who I actually admire, he wrote a, a Pathios blog about when was Jesus born. So I thought this year, let's discuss the question on this podcast. And um, you know, another thing besides Neil deGrasse Tyson's other issue, I want to say it's sad that a, a scientist of Dr. Tyson's scientific renown has to reduce himself to specious attacks on a theological issue of which he has no academic or theological knowledge. But that's because Dr. Tyson does not have a personal relationship with Messiah Jesus. And in this regard, I need to not mock him, but I need to pray for him. But enough of this rabbit trail. Because the if question is not seriously considered by any real biblical scholar. For even the atheist, but actual biblical scholar, Bart Ehrman writes in his book, Did Jesus Exist?, the idea that Jesus did not exist is a modern notion. It has no ancient precedents. It was made up. Isn't that interesting? In the 18th century, one might well call it a modern myth, the myth of the mythical Jesus. So even though that Bart Ehrman is an atheist, he knows that Jesus was born. So, Let's skip the if question, because that's a silly question. However, the when, the where, and the how are up for some debate among biblical theologians on all ends of the academic spectrum, from the liberal to the conservative. We will never understand the how mystery of Luke 135, and let me quote that for you. And the angel answered and said unto her, this is when Mary went, uh, how is this going to happen? 
The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Of the four other times that the word for overshadow, epis, I'm going to mispronounce my Greek because it's been a while, episkeseo, appears in some form of the New Testament. Three occur in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, not John, and all refer to the transfiguration account with Peter, James, and John when Jesus transfigured himself and showed himself as the Son of God, God the Son. And the other time coming from Acts 5.15. So the how, the closest understanding that one can approach, that we can approach to understanding the overshadowing of when Mary became pregnant with Jesus, the virgin conception, is to that of the Shekinah glory of God coming down and enveloping Mary. But even that understanding of of overshadow is inadequate. As written earlier, as as I tried to explain earlier, the how mystery will only understood will only be understood in heaven. The where mystery is not a mystery. For both Micah 5 2, Luke 2, and Matthew 2 tells us where. Bethlehem of Judea. You know, we know where. Um, but the when is the question. And this is where I am kind of different than a lot of people. I personally believe Jesus was born during the Jewish festival of Sukkot, the 21st of Tishri on the Jewish calendar between 6 and 4 BC. And I'm going to try to explain why, because it's not only biblical, it's also prophetic. But most of you or some of you out there listening are going, what in the devil is Sukkot? And so I'm going to try to explain to you what Sukkot is in just a second. The festival is, of Sukkot is a biblical holiday. It's mandated in scripture from Leviticus 23. And it occurs after the festival of, of trumpets, which we call today Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The official ordinances of Sukkot are found in Leviticus Chapter 23, verses 33 through 44. And and this is what we often call in in churches the festival of booths. And and they're commanded in in Leviticus 23 that these booths are made from branches and palm fronds. And the Jewish people are to dwell in these booths for seven days during the festival of Sukkot. There's also the, the waving of the lulav and the etrog. That's not real critical to this discussion. It was and is to be a reminder festival of God's provision for the Israelites during their time of the wilderness. And I'm just going to real quickly read three verses from Leviticus 23. And you shall take on the first day of of Sukkot the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and the willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And you shall keep it 
a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in a booth seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generation may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. Now, the ultimate fulfillment of this festival is found in Zechariah, the book of Zechariah 14, 9 through 21. And I'm not going to read that passage. During the millennial kingdom from the Christian understanding, and that's important. However, it was recognized during it was recognized that Sukkot, along with Passover and Shavuot, what Christians call Pentecost, were to be pilgrimage festivals in which the Jewish men were to go to Jerusalem for the sacrifices. And so if you ever want to have a, a good Bible time, it would be to read the pilgrimage psalms of Psalm 120 to 134, as that would have been re read, recited, sung, by the travelers as they were on their way to Jerusalem for these festivals. So, just a little background about Sukkot. Now, why do I think Jesus was born during Sukkot? And hopefully you're still listening, because I think it's fascinating. First, and this was also something that my father, the Baptist pastor, believed as well. The timing of the shepherds being in the field, keeping watch over their flock, remember Luke 2, could not have been in December. The weather in Israel in December, and I've been there, is too chilly at night for shepherding. A better time for shepherding is September, October, which just happens to coincide with the festival of Sukkot. Now, a Jewish believer who lived in the 18th or the 19th century, 1800s, named Alfred Edersheim in Sketches of Jewish Social, Social Life, that was one of his books, believed that Jesus was born around Passover. But one of my seminary professors named Dr. E. Earl Ellis, we called him E-cubed, allows for any Jewish major festival which required attendance, Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Therefore, we have several options besides December for Jesus' birthday. But I still argue for Sukkot. So, number two. And this might take some explanation, but if you're Jewish and you're listening, you'll understand about the Yushpishin. Say that three times fast. The concept and or definition of the Yushpishin is the word for guest in Aramaic, and is part of the Sukkot tradition. The idea of the Yushpishin is that for each night of the seven nights of Sukkot, there could be a guest arriving in the sukkah, or the, the booth, appointed by God. There's some debate as to who the guest might be, but however, it is the where and the when this tradition began that is most interesting and most prophetically important to this discussion. And I believe that the Yushpishin guests most logically forget, logically fit to be Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, Joseph, and David, 
Remember that order, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, Joseph, and David. And remember that for later. There are some who argue that my argument for the Yushpishan is a Kabbalistic idea and began later during the medieval period. However, Maimonides was not a Kabbalist and, and his idea of the Yushpishan predates the Zohar, which is a Kabbalistic writing. And he mentions the Yushpishan. And there will be some who try to say, well, Maimonides was a Kabbalist. Uh, he was into Kabbalah, but he wasn't. And, and there is, you know, and I don't want to get too much into Kabbalah because that's a bunch of hoo-ha. But the Book of Jubilee, which was an apocryphal book written between Malachi and Matthew, so before Jesus, so the intertestamental period, mentions the idea that Abraham built the first sukkah or the first booth and waited for a Yushpishan in G Genesis 18 and a famous Jewish scholar, but interestingly enough, she's a Jewish scholar who writes on the New Testament, named Amy Jill Levine, also argues that the concept of the Yushpishan was a Jewish concept during the time of Jesus. Therefore, a logical argument is that God would ordain the son of David to be born on the night that David would be the final Yushpishan guest for Sukkot, which would be on the 21st of Tishri. So Jesus as Messiah, the son of David, arrives right on time with his first coming as the suffering Messiah and will arrive right on time at, at the final Sukkot, Zechariah 14, as the reigning Messiah, right on time. And I know that's complicated. And so in the notes that you can see for our show notes on our, our website, I have this all written out for you. So hopefully you'll listen and read at the same time. Third, and there will be some who will argue that Jesus was born in a stable because the innkeeper didn't care and threw Mary and Joseph out in the cold. We've also saw those movies and those cartoons, right? My question is, is that tradition or scripture? My answer, and to prove that Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof is not the only one who can sing the song, Tradition. Let's examine the actual text of Luke. And this is verses 6 and 7. And so it was there, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she would be delivered. And she brought, first, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There's no mention of a stable. There is not even a mention of a cave, which is a new and popular opinion option. We only have the mention of a manger and the fact that there was no room for them in the inn. Let's look at what this could really mean for a moment. The word for a manger is a place to feed animals, but that could also be connected to the ledge where the hay was kept for the animals who would have 
stayed in the sukkah, the booth, with the people who were staying all night in the sukkah, the booth. The word for inn, which is the same word used to describe the place where Jesus and his disciples had Passover before he was crucified. So they were not kept out of the guest room at the Motel 6, but out of a conference room. And they would have been there because not only of the census being taken, but also because it was Sukkot. And all of Israel was heading ultimately to Jerusalem, which was about seven miles from Bethlehem. And this is going to take some explanation because by this time, all the Jewish people were from basically three tribes, Judea, from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin, or they were Levites. And if you look on a map, Bethlehem, Judah, Benjamin, and the Levites all basically were around Jerusalem. Remember, they all had to go to their, their lineage. They all had to go to where they came from. So they were all basically heading to close to Jerusalem. And if they were heading to suit, if they were heading to Jer Jerusalem area anyway, it would have made sense for the Romans to go, let's just get them all when they're all heading to Jerusalem area anyway. And ultimately, where else and when else should the son of David be born but in the Sukkah as the D Davidic Ushbishan guest of Sukkot? There is so much more that I could say. And perhaps there is so much more that I should say, and, and I probably didn't say it as well as I should have. However, this is only a discussion starter. I could be wrong on the date of Jesus's birth, and, and that's okay. I, my faith is not built on whether Jesus was born on December 25th or the 21st of Tishri or June 12th. Because the truth is, Jesus was born, and my hope is secured. My eternity is secured. My salvation is, is true because this is true. Jesus is born. I just think Jesus was born on the seventh night of Sukkot because the Messiah arrives right on time for both of his arrivals. And I don't have to worry, and I don't even care if people celebrate his birthday on Christmas. I do. And I, I, I love celebrating his birthday on the 25th, 25th of December. I love celebrating his birthday on June 12th, on September 3rd, which is my birthday. I love celebrating the fact that he was born because that means that I could be born again. And I hope that you know Jesus too. And I hope that you know that you can be born again on December 24th, on December 25th, on December 26th, on the 21st of Tishri. That's why Jesus came. And he comes right on time for you for me, and for the whole world. What do you think of my argument? What is your answer? What is your opinion? 
If you have one or want to share it, please tell us at info at zadakaministries.org and we will ask and seek to answer this question or further questions you might have for different episodes. So let us know, and please know that this will be the one place where you can always ask the tough questions about God, Messiah, and the spiritual issues of life. We might not always know the answer, and I could be wrong about this one, but we will explore it together until we discover the truth. Shalom, God bless, and have a happy birthday, Jesus.